If you missed any part of the morning show with Johnny and Ken, well, this is where you can catch yourself up. Or if you just want to relive all of those award-winning moments, you can do that with this wonderful podcast. And it's made possible by our friends at Lake Michigan College. Connect to your future. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. The Morning Show with Johnny and Ken on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Want to give you a quick skunk update? Yes. Uh, As uh, those of you that were listening right around this time yesterday, I told you about how there was a skunk in my backyard that... uh, He was chasing you. It chased me. (laughs) And I realized why it was chasing me because uh, a little update for you of what I saw yesterday in the uh, the afternoon, later almost the evening, mm. uh, there was another skunk sighting. Oh, you saw another skunk I saw, yesterday? Well, I saw the big one. Okay. And then I saw two little babies. Kind of just hopping around. That's it was cute. adorable. <laughs> See, they're adorable. They are adorable, <laughs> but they are very stinky. Aw, only I, if they get scared. I've always wanted to have a skunk because I yeah. know they, they said they can take the uh, the stinker or whatever that thing is. Oh, yeah, they the, can de-stinkify them. They can de-stinkify them <laughs> because they're adorable animals. <laughs> I've always wanted one, but... Um, it's like, I, I mean, what is it? It's a cross between... Uh, it's in the badger family. It's in the badger family. So it looks like a badger, but it... Bad, badger, yeah. not a bachelor. Not a bachelor. Uh, <laughs> It's the stinky bachelor. Yeah, that'd be a great new reality yeah, show. Yeah, they're doing it? one with old guys. Why not do one the, with with animals? With the stinky bachelor. Um, no, they seem cute like cats, but with a little bit even more docile personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as unpredictable as a cat. Right. Yeah, they only get mad and spray you when you're, you know, when, when you're giving them a hard them. time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's now three huh. three skunks that I've seen. Not in my backyard. It was in my neighbor's backyard. Okay. So hopefully it doesn't make its way back to mine. That's a good place for them. Yeah. In Stay your neighbor's far, backyard. <laughs> far away from from me and the dog and Jocelyn. That would be great. Oh, uh, cute. But a lot of things in the news. Um, very busy with a lot of national stuff. Uh, with uh, Hunter Biden's one of the things that we want right. to talk about. Uh, what what's going on with him? Because he was in court just yesterday, right? He was. Well, <laughs> yeah. This is not how you want your court case to go. Yeah. When the lawyers that are working for you and lawyers that are working for the prosecution get together and say, "Hey, let's we let's make a deal." Yeah. And then you take the judge to the judge, and the judge says, "Wait a second. And three hours later, no. Yeah, because he thought <laughs> he'd go in, do the plea deal, yeah. make it make good, and then uh-uh. figure out whatever uh, penalties or whatever he has to deal with. No, they were like, uh, "Yeah, we're taking this to trial." Yeah, in the it unraveled the the plea deal unraveled in Hunter Biden's criminal case during a court hearing yesterday after a federal judge said she had concerns about the terms of the agreement that has um, you know it, it's this has turned into a political issue, as you might mm-hmm. imagine, infuriated Republicans who believe the president's son is getting special treatment. Hunter Biden is charged uh, with two misdemeanor crimes of failure to pay more than $100,000 in taxes from over $1.5 million in income, both in 2017 and 2018. He was expected to plead guilty mm-hmm. after he made an agreement with prosecutors who were planning to recommend two years of probation. Prosecutors okay. said uh, the Wednesday that Hunter Biden remains under active investigation investigation but wouldn't reveal details Mm -hmm. on that the judge got concerned 
when she saw the plea deal and then said, well, this the, the plan included an agreement on a separate gun charge because Biden was mm. accused of possessing a firearm in 2018 as a drug user. Can't do that. As long as he adhered to the terms of his agreement, the gun case was going to be wiped away. Uh, otherwise, the felony charge would carry 10 years in prison. The overlapping agreements created confusion for the judge. Very bad for the lawyers here who said, lawyers, you need to untangle these technical issues, uh, including do I have, do I, as the judge, even have jurisdiction over this gun agreement? Because it almost seems like I'm granting immunity to something I don't have the authority to grant mm. immunity over. So it's going to it's gonna go on. It could go to trial. They could try to maybe... Fix the deal, bring it back to the judge. Yeah, we'll see. That's that's rough. Because yeah, you think okay, you make a deal. Your lawyers say, in any time you're in court, you know, yeah. whether it be divorce court or any other court, you, you make agreements, you have some mediation, then you go to the judge, and usually the judge will say, okay, yeah, things look good. But yeah, the judge was like, Mm-mm. nope, <laughs> not a good thing. So that's wow. Yeah. Well, we'll see what's going on with that. I'm sure that will be in the national news quite a lot for uh, a while. Another thing that was uh, in the national news uh, yesterday, scary moment. Yeah. Uh, Mitch McConnell, what happened? Did he have a, did he have, because I know he had a concussion mm-hmm. uh, earlier this week or last week. And so, uh, and he's, he's, he's up there in age. Uh, but what, what happened? Cause he basically froze and some people were worried that, I don't know, possibly having a stroke or something was going on. Yeah, it, it. so you're right. It was scary and it happened basically on television. Yeah, he was just kind of doing a little report of what's going on. There's, you know, there, there's the place outside the Senate chamber where the, the reporters gather. The senators know this. They come out after either their lunch or their conference yeah. meetings or whatever, and they give a report on, here's our position for the day's events on the floor the week or whatever and the reporters pelt them with questions so you go in front of the reporters mitch mcconnell opens his press statement and 20 seconds in he just stops and and freezes and doesn't move and his colleagues are saying mitch you want to you want to say anything else here um and and fortunately uh it, it didn't seem at the moment that it was so severe that something major happened sure. but internally something's happening and mitch mcconnell had one of his senate colleagues next to him dr john barrasso who is a doctor yeah and so fortunately he he's like they were like john get in there and john's like hey you know mitch he's doing his evaluation real mm-hmm, quick mm-hmm. and they walked him away but mitch mcconnell senator mitch mcconnell was able to walk back to the podium and tell reporters i'm fine it's nothing but it's scary who knows what yeah. happened it looked like what you see normally when somebody has a stroke on television, mm-hmm. which because we've had so much TV, we have that. Yeah. And it, it you know, I'm sure he's going to get fully checked out. If yeah, he doesn't, he's silly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean that no matter what age, that's something like that happens to yeah. you. That's, yeah, that, you that was a scary moment. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I mean, all, uh, when you get to the Senate, the folks there, they're incredibly intelligent. So when you lose your your moment like that, sure, it's very scary. Uh, another thing that happened on Capitol Hill uh, that I think a lot of people were uh, were paying attention to was uh, the the talks of aliens. Man, <laughs> aliens. Oh no. Oh yeah. <laughs> See now I'm gonna. I feel like Fox Mulder here. I want to believe. <laughs> Do you believe? 
do you a- after it? this? You know, I've seen a couple clips. Yeah, but do you at, at this point? I mean, before I was like, yeah, there's definitely aliens, man, <laughs> and they're probably on Earth. So at this point, because you're you're kind of a, are you a believer? Well, I don't know. Aliens? I mean, I you know, I like to follow where the facts take you. Okay. Um, because if you once you once you jump to an assumption, you, you know, you, you, the ground may fall out from underneath you, and then sure. you got to redo it. So it's a waste of time. But what I would say is, we didn't learn a whole lot new, but we did hear unequivocally from some very well respected mm-hmm. folks in the intelligence community and in the military that they say there are. Um, UAPs that have been recovered by the U.S. government, and there is an active and inappropriate cover-up happening. Yeah, and so there were a lot of people, and is this is a hearing that, is this going to go on for a while? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where they're going to have a a group of different uh, experts or people in the intelligence and military community? Yeah, so this was in front of the Government House Oversight uh, Committee. Mm -hmm. And so that committee wanted to hear from the whistleblowers, what exactly are you you saying? What are you testifying to? Get it all on the record. Get it out in public. But they also wanted to understand... uh, what, what is it that you can't tell us and why can't you tell us now in mm-hmm. classified in a classified hearing room? Because apparently some lawmakers say they've been a little bit stymied by the intelligence agencies yeah. who by by law should tell Congress what they need to know in a classified session. This really reminds me of Independence Day. Yeah. You remember that oh, section yeah. of that movie where they were like Oh yeah, there's Area 51. Yeah, we've we've got a spaceship. We've been studying aliens for like years, right? Since like Roswell, and they're like, and even the president himself was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and a bunch of people didn't know what was going on. And it was kind of that same sort of thing. And uh, one of the uh, clips we got here is from uh, when they were talking with uh, David Grush, who's mm-hmm. uh, one of the uh, CIA whistleblower, whistleblower guy. Yeah. Uh, here's here's one of the things that I thought was uh, pretty interesting. We believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier. Do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? Biologics came with some of these recoveries, yeah. Were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Aliens, bro. (laughs) Well, that is probably the most compelling piece. Yeah, I would say. I mean, the fact that they're like, yeah, we have a ship or we have we have these UAPs. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there were pilots in there and we have those two and we figured out they're not human. Uh, come on. But I'm also thinking to myself, okay, you're asking it from an earthling perspective. Sure. Who needs pilots? I mean, we're even talking about autonomous cars here now. Mm. If you're going to go down the road and you have an autonomous car why aren't you traveling space a few galaxies with an autonomous spaceship well they're probably they're coming here to come check things out are they coming to charge yes <laughs> they need to charge got, their batteries we found where did you find the spaceship oh we found them in the walmart parking lot <laughs> uh, hooked up to the t- to the uh the electric vehicle charging station we noticed something that was off when they 
they were using all 10 of them <laughs> to yeah. charge up. No, the three specific... Now it explains a lot when you go to Walmart and you see some people and you're like, wait a minute, they're definitely aliens. Three things that came out of this, uh, David Gresh, the, whose soundbite you just played, was he said he could share further information in a classified setting with Congress to bolster all of his claims. Specifically, he wanted to share in classified session because he feels he could be prosecuted for sharing classified information outside of a classified mm-hmm. session. Who is involved in the work that he's talking about who recovered the, the yeah, s- yeah. alleged spaceship and alleged pilots from it? Also, misappropriation of public funds. He says there there's a government program that's running, you know, that's cleaning up alien mm-hmm. debris or whatever and is researching it, back engineering it, reverse engineering it and such. Uh, and they are withholding that information uh, intentionally from Congress so he can testify to that. And he's also saying that he can testify to retaliation activity that he's getting from uh, he and some of his colleagues who are also whistleblowers um, from the government. Wow. Yeah. So are they telling me? Are you telling me that they stole my idea of space waste management? Yes. Oh man, did it either already existed or they acted fast on it? Gotcha. And they're doing it. I feel like there's people waking up this morning like, am I still listening to Coast to Coast AM? <laughs> I'm sure the folks at Coast to Coast AM, uh, George Nor, I'm sure they had a, a field day with this oh, last night. I so. tell you. They were yeah. probably like, see? Yeah, see? we told you. We've been telling you for years. <laughs> well, this is pretty interesting. I'm going to look forward to seeing uh, and hearing more of what happens uh, for more of these hearings uh, with the alien talk and all that. So, And the Fed it raised interest rates yesterday. So oh, great. Maybe we can hit that later. Maybe aliens can help us out with that. <laughs> right. We get a loan from the aliens. Oh, dear. You don't want to do that. No, definitely <laughs> not. You know, you were talking about this earlier, but... Uh, the mustard flavored <laughs> Skittles. Yeah. Did you see they're going to make uh, pizza scented game controllers? What? Yeah, I know you're. I know you play some video games hey, from right often, like again, yes. often, and uh, <laughs> the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem is a new game. Okay. And of course, you know the turtles. They, they love, love pizza. pizza. Yeah. Well, Xbox produced a limited number of green wireless controllers that smell. Like pizza. That's weird. I mean, your your controller eventually ends up smelling like pizza and Mountain Dew and B.O. <laughs> over time. That's the thing. Sometimes if you smell pizza and it's been around a little too long, it can smell like B.O. That, that's true. Why do you want that on your controller? Uh, but each of the controllers comes with a built-in scent diffuser that's <laughs> shaped like a slice of pizza. Why? Why does this need to come out? Yeah. Uh, but if you want to get your hands on one of those, you have to uh, mess around with the Xbox Game Pass Twitter account in the next couple of weeks mm. uh, and try and figure out how to get that. But the movie, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. That's There are a lot of stars in that one. Jackie Chan, Seth Rogen, John Cena, uh, Hannibal Burris, Paul Rudd, and Ice Cube. It's oh. going to be released August 2nd. That sounds like it's going to be a fun movie. It looks it, and it looks fun too. It's like like claymation style. Oh. It's I think it's digital animation still, but it's it's made to look sort of claymationy. But which, don't expect to see any promotion about it, at right. least from the stars themselves. Right, because, because they're of the still strike. On strike. Yeah. yeah. So that that makes it interesting for some of these movies that are going to be released. Yeah.
Uh, but a lot of things to talk about this morning. Uh, the Attorney General, mm. busy again. Yep. Uh, what's going on with that? Some collaboration with uh, another state. Yeah, we saw this earlier this week. Wanted to report on it. That Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel has joined a coalition of 21 attorneys general filing an amicus brief. That's basically a friend of the court. Okay. Um, who uh, has, with the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit, supporting the state of Minnesota's ban on individuals under the age of 21 from carrying firearms in public. Hmm. So there is, I mean, you can open carry in in most states, maybe all of them, yeah. but you can open carry uh, if you're over the age of 18. Uh, Minnesota has said, no, we're going to pass legislation that says 21. That's been challenged in court. And several states now, including Michigan, uh, attorneys general have weighed in and said, uh, Minnesota should have the right to do that. What uh, Dana Nessel has said is Minnesota's age restriction on carrying in public is a common sense firearm safety law. It stands to reason that anyone who is too young to legally purchase alcohol should also be restricted from publicly toting around a firearm. I think critics would probably say, well, you can join the U.S. military Mm -hmm. at age 18, so... You know, we we give people a gun there and ask them to die for our country. Sure. Hmm. So anyway, that's happening. Wow. Well, yep. we'll see what's going on with that and continue uh, to to figure out. I mean, what the plan? I mean, that's that's in place. That's what they, they're thinking. This in is Minnesota. Yeah, in, in Minnesota. Minnesota. And so it's being challenged in court. And so the court yeah. will come back with an opinion at some point and say, hmm, yeah, Minnesota can do this or they can't. Yeah. Yeah. But many states have joined that. Um, in addition to Michigan, you've got Arizona, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Connecticut, Delaware, D.C., Hawaii, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, wow. Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington, and Wisconsin. <laughs> that's like half. It's like half. It's, it's close to half. Close yeah. to half. Close wow. To half. But in Michigan, it is still any law-abiding citizen of the mm-hmm. state of Michigan, 18 years of age or older, who legally uh, owns a firearm may openly carry. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Um, other things going on uh, as we uh, we inch closer to uh, the August eighth ballot. That's right. That's right. Uh, some some things on your ballot. In some areas, you only have like one thing. That's right. Maybe one or two things. Maybe the the like we know we talked about the Lake Michigan College millage renewal with yep. Al Pashoka. By the way, you can check out that podcast or that conversation if you happen to miss it at wsjm.com yes. and on the app. But uh, in Benton Harbor, uh, another thing that would be on the ballot is uh, primary. Some, some primary for uh, the city, city commissioners. Commission. There's a few pe- there's a few spots available, uh, two spots available, yep. and a few people that want those two spots. That's right. Primary for two city commissioner at large seats is going to be on the August eight ballot for Benton Harbor City residents. Mm-hmm. A candidate forum for Benton Harbor City commissioner was held yesterday. Tyrone Davis, Emma Kennard. Edward Isom and Shaquille Turner were on hand. City Commissioner Mary Alice Adams, unable to attend, did not attend. The four present were asked why they are the right person for the job. Uh, Shaquille Turner said he brings a young perspective, understands what the people are going through. Emma Kennard said she spent many years following city government, knows how it should operate. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Edward Isom said he's been in the trenches as many developments came in recent years. And when asked about their top priorities, Tyron Davis said improving the city for everyone, adding that no one wants to live like they're poor. And Kennard said she wants to serve all four wards 
equally. Um, one of the things that came forward from one of the candidates, and it was probably a theme that was echoed throughout many of the comments, was they're running because they want to see the bickering stop on the uh, commission. Yeah, They want to see the bickering stop. And so out of the four, five that are on the ballot for the primary on August 8, four will proceed to the November election for a final decision on the two. I mean... That makes sense. I mean, because there's a in in a lot of different towns and cities, and and anytime anytime you have a, a commission or group, a lot of times that that is going to hinder progress is the bickering that will happen. Like, yeah, you have difference of opinions, but if the bickering is so much that it becomes to where you don't get anything done, <laughs> progress progress yeah. needs to happen. And I know there's a lot of I won't say just uh, Benton Harbor, but there are other towns that I know of, that that's what people, they run because they want to make change. But then once they get there, it ends up just being an argue session for the next however long and then nothing gets done. And there is a time and place for debate. Sure. And and oftentimes I hear, I I listen to the Benton City Commission, Benton Harbor City Commission hearings uh, and, and Mayor Muhammad spends a lot of time saying, Okay, that's a very good question, or that's a very good insight. Yeah. But now is not the time for that. The time sure. for that was when we were debating in committee, sure. or when we were debating on this in this other yeah. ar- a forum or arena. Now we're being asked to actually decide on this and give your give your best yay or nay for it. Yep. But this is the place to do that, and that not yeah, that. and that's something where it can be so so frustrating for community members uh, to say, okay, uh, even when they show up to some of these, yeah. they're like, wait a minute. Uh, did we decide anything? Like, did anything get done here? So, I, I mean, so there's two spots available. Yeah. Primary will happen. It'll be on your ballot August 8th. So if you want to, can we go check out a video at WSJM.com? Has that got the, the whole forum or some highlights? There's at least a highlight up okay. there. I don't think we have the full forum up there. That would take up a lot. Yeah. But you can check out <laughs> some highlights, or get some more info. But again, as we always say here is do your research, do your civic, get do your civic duty of, uh, Understanding what's going on, get some viewpoints from those people. Don't just say, uh, "Sure, I'll, uh, I'll vote for that person," just because uh, "eeny meeny miny mo." You don't want right. to do that. That's right. And we're talking about August eight, which yeah, is coming which up pretty quickly. A couple weeks ago, couple, or a couple weeks from now. From now, and uh, Cass County won't have anything on the ballot, but Berrien and Van Buren County residents, some of them do. There's the LMC, yep. which is, uh, hits a lot of folks, and then also there's some some millage. Questions. I think Chickaming has a road millage. Okay. Um, up in Van Buren County, there's uh, Decatur has a solar question about mm, zoning. Yep. We're, we're looking into that one. We'll bring you more here. Uh, yesterday, uh, I was driving up uh, here later in the afternoon because I went to see the baby. <laughs> That's uh, right. My, you're, you're another uncle. You're a, you're a new uncle, 13th time over. 13th time over, a baker's dozen, Bob. And uh, yeah, I got to see... Um, my my niece in the hospital yesterday, Aww. and I think they're going home today. Yeah, that's great. Um, but I had stopped off there, and you know it was interesting. Um, you know, I've been doing radio for a long time. It was funny <laughs> when I was doing the check in at the uh, to you know get my visitor pass. Right. Uh, Amy, shout out to Amy at Corwell Health over there that was doing the front desk. She said she saw my license. She's like, "Oh, are you Johnny in the morning?" And I said. Yes, I am. <laughs> and she said, I recognized your voice before I even saw your face. Very nice. So, 
Very nice. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, so I got to see the baby, so that was really awesome uh, and excited to see uh, her go home. Ah, so. that's cute. Lots of things. Did in you the, hold the baby? Oh, of course I hold the okay, baby. Okay. I am uh, I am a baby whisperer. Uh, <laughs> I got to hold the baby first. Jo- uh, Jocelyn did not hold the baby first. Ooh. She was so the baby was fussing mm. when we first got there. She was fussing in her little uh, bassinet thing. Yeah, and so Jocelyn said, "Pick her up," and as huh? soon as I did, calmed right down. Ah, very nice. Very I have, nice. A, I have a very calm, soothing <laughs> voice and an aura. Yes. So yeah, that that I, would all it I all works. Yeah, yeah. So if you ever need me to hold you, okay, I can do that. <laughs> Call me down. <laughs> Other things in the news this morning. Uh, let's talk first about uh, this fruit bill proposal. Yes, that one of our congressmen is uh, trying to put through. Congressman Bill Heisenga uh, would increase. He has a. a legislative proposal that would increase the assistance offered to fruit growers when their crops are damaged by natural disasters. He tells us the Protecting America's Orchardists and Nursery Tree Growers Act. Oh, wow. It's a short name. Would change (laughs) some of the guidelines for federal assistance by allowing more time for growers to replant a crop if necessary for the plant's health. Okay. Um, What Heisinger says is certainly... In southwest Michigan, where blueberries and vineyards are the most prevalent, and we have a lot of fruit trees that promulgate the area, uh, what we're hearing is some of the disaster programs that are aimed at alleviating natural disasters mm-hmm. have time frames that just aren't realistic for something like a fruit tree. Yeah. So taking that into consideration, Congressman Heisinga has introduced this proposal. The bill would expand the U.S. Department of Agriculture's tree assistance program, allowing eligibility for growers of not just annual crops, but also biennial crops. Okay. Isinga says uh, some of the southwest Michigan growers have told them that they need more time to replant after mm-hmm. crops are damaged. Makes sense. We'll see how far it goes. It has to go from, from his proposal yeah. to House Ag Committee. A couple other committees, I'm sure, want to weigh in before he can uh, get voted on. Yeah, because I know at one point... Uh, but you had a couple years of issues with peaches mm-hmm. and some other those stone fruits, and I know even as we were getting into that that winter transition into spring, there were a lot of farmers that were like, yeah. "Oh man, I hope that this this storm that rolls through doesn't knock things out." So yeah, some sort of extra well, extra help there could be good, and especially when it takes a season or two seasons or three seasons mm-hmm. or five seasons for a tree uh, to to mature enough yeah. to where it's providing the kind of fruit yield that you want. That's going to start returning on your investment. It gets damaged. The window of replacement time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's got to take that into consideration. Otherwise, it's not helping. Right. Uh, speaking of some other uh, natural disasters and things that could cause some issues, uh, some flooding prevention yeah. happening up uh, in South Haven. South Haven, happy to receive a $1.5 million state grant to address coastal erosion, flooding, and stormwater management. It's one of 23 communities around the state included in the latest round of funding through the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy High Water Infrastructure Grant Program. Another short name. I I know, right? (laughs) We're just going to start abbreviating all these things. Let's see. Just make it an acronym. M-D-E-G-L-E-H-W-I. That's the Medigal Glue guy. That's the Medigal Glue (laughs) 
program. <laughs> the South Haven Water and Sewer Authority will use the money to design a uh, suite of flood protection measures nice. for the wastewater treatment plant. It's to protect against extreme rain and high water uh, hitting Lake Michigan and, okay. and the Black River. Projects could include raising the concrete curbs and gutters. Construction of a berm or installation of a storm sewer. They have options because it's one and a half million dollars. I love a good berm. Yeah, berms are great. I don't even know what a berm is. It's like a mound. Oh, that that's a berm? Yeah, that's huh. a berm. Learn something new every day. Look at that. <laughs> it's a mound of dirt. Okay. Yeah. Well, good to know. Uh, ask you a question here. Okay. Uh, would you, to improve your team Yes. Uh, at work or anywhere you are, okay. would you consider a pay cut? Nope. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, that's not, yeah, we want to improve the team. Oh, we got to take a pay cut. Mm, yeah, most people would say no. Yeah, I don't know why I said no so quickly, but that's my knee jerk right there. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, a quarterback who makes way too much money. Oh, boy. Uh, former uh, Green Bay Packer quarterback, which I'm happy as a Bears fan to not have him play there anymore. But he recently signed with the New York Jets. But he took a $35 million pay cut. Wow. By the way, he signed a two-year deal with the New York Jets. Uh, he told, t- said, hey, tear up the old contract uh, that brought me here from Green Bay just so the team can afford to sign better, more expensive talent than they could if they were paying his old salary. So question wow. is, who do they go and get? Because $35 million, having a little bit of that to play with, could certainly help. Wow. So he had, am I correct on this? He had $110 million guaranteed. Yeah. But he's taking a pay cut down to $75 million. <laughs> Still. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, yeah, you look at magnanimous. it. $35 million dollars. <laughs> To the regular people, seems like a lot of money. But when, yeah, you're making a hundred and some odd million, you've also made way more than that over your span of your yeah. career. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You know, for team leadership, great move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom Brady's done it in the past because there was a time, and quarterbacks are usually the most high paid players because yeah. quarterbacks help win Super Bowls. Um, but yeah, Tom Brady at one point said, hey, give me a pay cut. Over your time of your career, you make like 200 and some odd million dollars. Right. So it's like, yeah, a little bit here and there to try and win. Because mm-hmm. that's what he wants. That's the reason he's going there, is to go and get a win. I would I would amend my answer if I started at $110 million. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> First question, what's my salary to begin right. with? Then I'd right. consider the pay cut. No, so. that's great. Another thing that's been cut is uh, the timing of the games with all those rule changes for baseball. Mm-hmm. The average length of a baseball game has gone down dramatically in major league and minor leagues uh, this season. One of the reasons... Uh, fans are packing the ballpark this summer. But uh, on Tuesday, the average attendance at an MLB game, 32,814. One of the biggest non-holiday Tuesdays in recent mm. history. Now, overall, attendance is pacing 8% higher this year. Minor league ballparks, we've got one uh, just in South Bend, uh, the Cubs there. Uh, they're seeing spikes as well. Those teams are averaging 4,034 uh, people per game which is the same as the pre-pandemic year 2019 and up 5% from a year ago. So I guess people are liking the shorter games. So it's working. It's working. Huh. Shorter games, maybe more uh, chances to to grab refreshments. Because I know they also made that change of not you know stopping 
uh, liquor sales or beer sales at the seventh <laughs> inning stretch. They're stretching that out because the games are shorter. So I, I looked this up because I knew we were going to talk about this. The average length of a major league baseball game in in 2012 was three hours, mm-hmm. and it's hovered around there uh, all the way until this year. So like two forty, two forty one. Yeah. So far is the average. And now some fans, the diehards, are saying, hey, I'm paying the same, mm-hmm. but I'm getting less game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so somebody's mad about it. Yeah. But, 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 but more people are attending, so who cares? Yeah. I like the idea of a two, two and a half hour game. Yeah. Um, as long as I can get all the things that I need. I can get my hot dog and hot get dog. My, my beer and yeah. all that stuff within time. Makes sense. So if they speed up the speed up the game, I'd also like them to make sure they can speed up the process of the concession stand because I, I don't want to spend two innings waiting in line and miss half the game. I wonder if they do that same calculation for films because Oppenheimer is three hours. Yeah. And all the other movies have gone to, what, 90 minutes or something some like that, Some right? yeah, but some of them, a lot of those big epic superhero movies are getting longer and longer, two and a half yeah. to two hours and 45 minutes. So, yeah, it's getting a little long. That's so they pay the editor less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and but then they come, money. then they just come out with the director's cut, put that on the Blu-ray oh, or the streaming and all that I stuff. I tell you.